Hey everyone, uh, good night to everyone. Well, I guess it's night for us. Uh, who knows what time it's for you listeners, but I'm Oxford, your host. I'm here with Teen. Hello. And Mark. Hello. And someone who's fast becoming a regular, Sam, welcome back again. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we missed you, Sam. It's been a while. I've, you know. <laughs> I missed you too. How you been? Yeah. Every time you jump on the pod, I'm not on, so. <laughs> that is true. Like it might be the first time she's potted with you guys yeah oh that's true no wait no uh mark no, is I've been on, on the, the searching one yeah so yeah. yeah anyway uh so mark tina and i we're going to boston this weekend and boston i don't know about you guys but i don't like that city at all <laughs> it's um i mean i went to college in in uh, rhode island so like boston was always pretty close uh so i went there a couple of times mostly i went there because you know logan airports you know the the major airport in new england and you know when i was flying back and forth from korea tf green which is the province airport's dinky so i was flying out of boston but i don't know to me boston is made up of two people and this is like a very scientific survey i've done it's either made up of that blonde ponytail douchebag from goodwill hunting Mm -hmm. uh, like grad student or mark Wahlberg. those are like the two extremes you got like the cambridge scumbags or (laughs) like the racist white people and and by Cambridge Scumbags, I'm obviously accepting, you know, Christina and everyone we know or anybody who are fans of us. If you're in that area, you're exempted. But everybody else, scumbag. Yeah, well, and I grew up in the New York area, so I'm a Yankee fan through and through. So my hatred of Boston runs very deep. Yeah, and Boston, the, the Bruins beat the Canucks in the uh, tw- 2011 Stanley Cup Finals. So, you know, fuck them too. Uh, exactly. I don't know. I always thought I always like closely associated Boston as like the East Coast Seattle minus like uh, you know Amazon and Microsoft and all those like great companies. Wait, how, so how minus did, everything that what, makes Seattle Seattle. Yeah. Wait, what's that supposed to mean? The yeah, East what, Coast Seattle. Well, I think every West Coast city has sort of an East Coast equivalent. Oh, and, right. And so if you were to like map, you know, the cities, I would say that there's something very like there's something. There's a lot of, like, Seattle to me is kind of the same way when you say, like, I think of it as sort of like, if you go to Seattle, uh, it it has, Seattle townies are, like, everywhere. And Seattle's surrounded just by, uh, you know, a pretty, a pretty desolate landscape of American whiteness, uh, mm. which our friend CS has uh, constantly um, reminded us about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so you have this vision of seattle as being like this you know super this super uh wealthy tech hub which it is but it's right. like completely surrounded by like just desolate just bumblefuck places right yeah but like aggressively white places uh, yeah uh, you, know, but, you know uh fraser crane moved from boston to seattle exactly I think oh. that tells you everything. I think you, when I first told you my uh, equivalence theory between the two cities, you had brought that up, and I was like, "Yep, another nail." Another I guess nail. so. Yeah. So th- this was a, so this is an interesting thing about Boston that just came out. Um, so the same paper that did the spotlight um, sort of series of articles on the Catholic Church and their sexual misconducts and and, and uh, things like that, they just did something about um, racism in Boston. And they did a study on the income, like the wealth of the different racial groups in Boston. So white people uh, as a group in Boston, their average household like worth, net worth is like $247,000. Wait, uh, the white white people? White people in Boston. That sounds and, very high. Yeah, but that's, that's the average. That's what the study said. And guess what it is for black people, like black Americans in Boston? Net 40, worth 000? of a household. 
No, lower. Whoa, fuck, man. Lower. Go low. 5,000? 5,000 bucks. Lower. Yeah. I mean, lower 15, than 5,000 is zero. Eight, eight dollars. Yeah. Wait, eight dollars? Eight dollars. Not, that's not, and, and they did a, they did a follow up article to say that that was not a typo. It is eight bucks. That's their, what's so, that, that's what? A measure of net worth? Of the household, yeah. But, uh, net worth. You know. So, net worth oh, okay. of the household. Okay. Assets minus liabilities. Right. So, okay. um, goddamn. Yeah. So, like, uh, Boston, you're pretty much the worst city for black people in all of America. Mm. Way to go. And for, like, I, I don't know, like, uh, if you, like, can, if you're Asian American, you grow up in Boston and you emerge with your kind of, like, racial dignity intact. Sure. I mean, I have so much admiration for them because I just, you ever, like, go to maybe, like, a small town and there's, like, the one, Chinese restaurant and it's in this building oh, yeah. but it's yeah. but it's it's like in this like weather beaten old gray kind of like those New England uh mm. you know like multi-story buildings and it's all like dilapidated and that's like and there was like that was like for like one or two Asian families there and I just see that and just like oh my god if you can just come out of that with as like a strong Asian person you're just like so much you have so much like character <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. so uh, yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew some guys that came up like that um, in places like Nebraska and stuff. And their parents owned a restaurant. And God they, damn. They came out and kicked ass. Uh, it's tough though, but you're right. Like, I remember, uh, you know, a lot of times, like to get away for the weekend or whatever, I'll go upstate, and you, there's a ton of like small villages still in New York State. Um, I don't, I don't really know what people who live there like what they do or whatever, but. Yeah, like all of them at least have one Chinese restaurant that's pretty much open all the time. And so that's like, you know, a Chinese family that's living out in this tiny hamlet in upstate New York. And I'm just like, how do you do it? It's just, it it sounds really tough. Yeah. But I'm sure this weekend will be great. No, well, we're, we're going to see good people. So it'll be good. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm really looking forward to the weekend now. That's great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's trash the place we're going. No, the, the people we're going to see are going to brighten everything up. Yeah. Actually, Absolutely. Even Boston, look, legitimately Boston is a beautiful city with a ton of shit to do and see and eat. Um I I I actually do enjoy going up to Boston. <laughs> I, I guess I guess like clam chowder is okay, yeah. yeah. Oh god, clam chowder is the worst part. I grew up on the the Campbell's chunky like New, New, England, New England, like the, the fake, like the, the, the yeah. fake chowder. Yeah, I ha- I hate the man. I hate the Manhattan cl- chowder. That's disgusting. Yeah, you gotta go New England. Ugh, but, but they're both awful, man. I, it's just, it's like you you look at what like the clam chowder looks like. It's like, am I spackling my like the tiles in my my, my in my uh, bathroom? Like, what, am I gonna eat this? Ugh, disgusting. Uh, I feel like you could have gone grosser, but thank God yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. He could be totally grosser than that. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Sam, you, you want to just like got random stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, I was at a meeting uh, for the about the Chinatown jail, and um, as I, oh. yeah, as I mentioned, uh, one of my fellow uh, co-organizers was like, "This is like egotistical ass meeting. People are just acting like they know everything." <laughs> um, hmm. And there's been a lot of talks about how do we delay the plan, uh, what are tactics, uh, strategies. Uh, there's there we already have three existing jails in Chinatown already. We don't need more. 
how people don't like the Blasio. Actually, yeah, I don't know if anyone that likes the Blasio at this point. That was a that was an overall meeting today. Is it the schools thing? Is it the sty the sty schools things that got people all pissed off, or is it more than that? Yeah, I think it's just things adding up, like um, like the fact he wouldn't protect all the communities we asked him to do. Uh, when it comes to the issue of gentrification and high-rising rents, uh, the school, yeah, specialized high school. And now with uh, the jail thing, which, by the way, lots of people, uh, lots of people in Chinatown community are calling out Margaret Chin. Um, and that's really important uh, to bring up. I think we want to talk about, like, local politics in New York or Asian-American politics, I think, uh, it's, it's important to talk about it. Maybe we can have another episode about it because, uh, if, to be honest, and, and, and Tina asks people, like, how the hell is she still in office? I know a lot of people don't like her. And the honest answer to it is um, her strong voting uh, voter base has been on, like, elders, like old Chinese people who vote for her because they're like, well, she gives our elders centers money and we're happy with that and they don't necessarily know what else she does. Um, and also, I'll be honest, like, ethnic nationalism, like, she's Chinese, so therefore she must have, like, the best interests of us Chinese people here in this community, and, well, we know that's not necessarily the case, so, but now yeah. I think people, and, like, and the older, older people vote, too, so, I mean, exactly, and now people, actually, true story, so when I volunteered poll, as a poll watcher several years ago, I had this old Chinese lady was just like, shame on you, like, how come is a Chinese person, you don't support Margaret Chen, and I was like, Lady, clearly being of the same ethnicity or same nation didn't prevent any corruption. China did it, but anyway, that's yeah. It's hard to talk logic to some people who refuse to look at things logically. So but what surprises me is like, aren't isn't it? Wouldn't it mostly be? I mean, given her district, which like encompasses Chinatown, that most of like anyone who wanted a challenger would probably be Chinese, or is that not the case? <laughs> um, no, there's been other folks who have tried to take a seat. Yeah. And, well, now I think people finally, more and more people become increasingly aware of what she really does. So on the day of uh, the hearing, uh, which is last Wednesday, this was hosted by Margaret Chin. You know, so once we're like, oh, we're going to hear what the community has to say. But we know it's just, you know, it's for show. Like, it's been a done deal. People will just call a car out, like, for selling at the community car. Like, Margaret Chin is a sellout. So, uh, oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends in Chinatown was telling me like 400 people like were roasting her. Oh, yep. I'm the... so mad that I math class that day because I really want to do the same. <laughs> yeah. I heard she just got <laughs> roasted in public. Actually, Margaret Chin uh, DM'd us. Uh, it wasn't uh, that Margaret Chin. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Hunter professor, Hunter College professor. It's not. Yeah. Someone. No, aren't they, wait, aren't they the same person? No, no. no. See, that's the funny thing because no. I responded. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought teen, you, I thought you replied to the wrong person, but the same Margaret Chin. Uh, no, no, no. no. I responded no. to the councilwoman Margaret Chin and then she was like, thanks for your thoughts. And then she had like an aide come in and tell me like, uh, you have the wrong Margaret Chin. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, oops, sorry. And she's like, don't worry. It happens all the time. You're actually looking for Margaret wait, wait, Chin so, in Hunter College. So the, Margaret Chin, <laughs> so the Margaret Chin that was getting roasted is the councilwoman. The, councilwoman. It's councilwoman. That yeah. you erroneously tweeted yes. at? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Okay. I should have been tweeting at Margaret Chin of Hunter College, who like covers a lot oh, of the I education thought, stuff. Thought, and yeah, what, What's up action. with Margaret Chins? Why, why, are, why are they so against us? <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a, so it's many a bad, unwanted um, hate. Bad, bad mojo with that name. She, uh, yeah. she's getting a lot of undeserved hate just by sharing the same name. 
That's right. Sorry, Marker Chin, Hunter Professor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the Hunter Professor was the one who who got mad at us, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She was she <laughs> oh, was mad at she was mad at Mark's take about well, She was uh, mad at me. Affirmative action. Yeah. Oh, she said really? you got the facts all wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Oh wow. Which we will I'm sure address in a later podcast. Okay. I I uh I, I feel like she, she had a technical argument, but that the spirit of her argument was uh, bogus. Right. And just because I don't necessarily uh, bring up every technical part when I'm describing an issue doesn't mean I'm not aware of them. So just want to put that out there. Okay. Uh, sounds good. Escape from plan A. Now, the fantasy of a completely open platform is a powerful one. Uh, it res- resonates with deep and utopian notions of community and democracy. But it is just that, a fantasy. Uh, there's no platform that doesn't impose rules to some degree. That would simply be untenable. And this audience knows that, um, although I think it's still not widely apparent to many users. And while we as a public sometimes decry the intrusion of content moderation on platforms, at other moments we decry its absence. So we're asking for moderation, too, uh, and asking for it in varying forms. Um, So the challenge for platforms is exactly when, how, and why to intervene, um, where to draw the line between the acceptable and the prohibited, uh, and these questions rehearse centuries-old debates about the proper boundaries of public expression. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Escape from Plan A, Plan A Magazine's podcast. As I said, I'm Oxford. I'm here with Teen, Mark, and Sam. Uh, so tonight's episode, we've got a bunch of um, very interesting things that have been happening online, and actually lately, I've been descri- I've been thinking of how to describe Plan A because like j- usually I I, just, I call it like it, we're an Asian American you know political and cultural uh, magazine just because you know we we cover a diverse range of things. So I don't know how to pigeonhole us or describe us, but I think maybe if we describe ourselves as like trying to investigate and and dare i say intellectualize asian american online activity maybe maybe that's like a that's like a pretty good description of what we do which is fitting because tonight's uh, episode will be all about this uh online drama especially on twitter uh so first up we have this thing that actually happened uh, several months ago but it's bubbled up again um and it's this thing involving the filipino american cartoonist uh joshua luna hey does anybody want to just Give some background info so it's not just me talking all the time. I can I can give a little if I remember correctly, like kind of what happened. All right, Teen, why, why don't you start with the the reconciliation? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so so Josh Luna puts out these like single panel or or, or you know sort single of like pa- a single page, single page, yeah, single page illustrations, which are really great. Actually, he's a very gifted um, artist, and it's not his main thing, right? Uh, no, he does, he's a comic book guy. Yeah, this is just his main. Free yeah, he thing. does this sort of like he he does like real comic art, you know, like with uh, you know graphic novels and stuff like that. But then I guess usually as, with uh, his brother, usually with his brother, with his brother, he, he, the, the Luna Joshua brothers. Joshua right? Luna, the Luna brothers are actually a very well known and respected um, name in comic books, in, uh, in comic, comic books, books and graphic novels and things like uh, that, right? Right, and they've done some stuff with the big names like DC and Marvel, but mainly oh wow, um, okay. smaller places. So it, they're not just like some random people who draw cartoons. Like mm-hmm. if you talk to anyone who's an actual like comic book fan, they'll know mm-hmm. who the Luna Brothers are. So I think that's he some has context good, of who uh, he is. Yeah, and I, and I think he does these uh, comics, these uh, single panels about. Um, being Asian and racial issues, 
Uh, and I think he's got a good eye for understanding that like visual communication is often much more effective than, you know, just a simple text tweet. So I think he does a good job of like leveraging that medium. And so like, you know, as an example, he has one about, you know, the, you know, why people are sensitive about um, the appropriation of Asian cuisine. Um, and then he had this one called Reconciliation, which went, unlike the other ones, went into sort of like controversial territory, meaning like it talked about issues that were part of the big, you know, I, I kind of want to get away from this word, but maybe it's the best description, but the sort of gender divide. I don't like it because it, it presupposes that like all women and all men are on one side or the other. And that's not really the right. case. It's quite mixed up. But yeah, it's it's about gender issues. And the, the comic shows an Asian man, a young Asian man on the left side and a young Asian woman on the other. And it says how we've been hurt, you know, by the other and how we how we hurt or how we, um, I guess, perpetuate the suffering of the other. And so it's kind of like what what each side suffers by the other and what each side per- perpetrates on the other. I think that what he said in that uh, in that. Comic. I think a lot of people just took it to be like a fairly bland but pretty accurate description of the issues. And then the main point of the of the sorry, if, tell me if I'm going on too long, but like the main point of no, the uh, let's describe the comic. Okay, so on the comic, the guy says, or to it's kind of like assigning some blame on both sides. So on the male side, he says like uh, Asian men have. Uh, under the guise of like racial justice perpetuated kind of like patriarchal misogyny and the women they said under the guise of i guess freedom of like romantic preference have been complicit in in white supremacy by uh you know like preferring uh white men above all else and then the final final panel was kind of like we have to come together because what they really want is for us to fight each other and yeah teen you're right it is a fairly bland comic saying like pretty obvious things i think to most people on the outside like yeah that is pretty much what it is uh but it upset uh some some uh select people on one side you had some some like the asian male extremists especially on reddit the ones who whose attitude is like well asian men are the least patriarchal in fact we're not misogynist at all or like we can't be misogynist because you know patriarchy equals like power and and sexism or or some like convoluted equation like that uh but then there were also i think more uh, Asian women, certain Asian women on Twitter who thought, who felt that uh, assigning any kind of blame on Asian women for their, I guess, uh, whatever requirements they have in partners in terms of race was inciting misogyny. So they were very upset at him. And 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 that was a controversial at the time. And then Joshua Luna never really talked about it again. Uh, we actually tried reaching out to him uh, a few times because, but you know, I, I think he just didn't want to talk about it. But recently, he published an article about Mulan, and 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 I think, I mean, like it's not that important what the article is about. But uh, Nerds of Color, which is uh, this uh, publication, um, apparently liked that article, uh, reached out to him, asked him if they could, I guess, retweet it, uh, and then he's like, yeah, sure, you know, I, you don't have to pay me anything, just go ahead. And they did that, and then. It wasn't like a lot of them. There were only like four or five people, but they're just like a very like vocal, loud bunch. They immediately posted uh, on the uh, reply to that tweet saying, uh, you know, Joshua Luna is a, is a misogynist. He hangs out with like sexist and like Asian male supremacist types. He's an, he's and, an MR Asian. He's an MR yeah, Asian. And then, 
And then Joshua Luna, uh, a few days later, uh, just called them out totally on this, saying that, you know, you're deliberately trying to do this to damage my career. And I think the most damning thing is that he apparently said that the person who had led that and coordinated that is actually someone, I don't know if she's like employed by Nerds of Color or just like a frequent collaborator, but she was kind of like working on the inside and had kind of, I think he alleged that she had made it seem as if like he had reached out to Nerds of Color, he wanted to put his stuff on there and then um and pretty much and i think i don't think that's the worst part i think the the worst allegation he made was that they were pressuring nerds of color to not retract or apologize or clear up anything uh about his name and the fact that he you know he's not a misogynist there's no nothing to indicate that he is uh but just like anybody who just like just looked at that tweet might get the impression he is because you know like four or five women said so yeah yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, just to make it clear, like the, the the woman who was leading this, she's not just like a collaborator. She had enough. She was close enough to them that she has access to their Twitter account, so she could have gone on and removed or done something to that story if she wanted to. But Wait, is that just, what he said? That's what is shown. Yeah, that's what's shown. And, and it, from her tweets, she said, "Oh, I didn't tweet this out, but you know, I, I, I'll take it down." Um, and you know, I, she's not just like someone who's tangentially involved. Yeah, uh, Sam, you said you were kind of out of the loop on on this for for a little bit. Uh, is, do you have any questions? Like, uh, do we explain everything clearly? Maybe for like uh, some listeners who don't know what's going I, on. I feel like people are letting me know like random like scene that goes on in, like Twitter drama, and I'm just like picking up the pieces. Apparently, there was an Asian guy that tried to pretend to be an Asian woman. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, oh, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. That, that is its own, own. It just gets own like continent of <laughs> problems there. But um, there is this like kooky lunch table of Twitter users that um, they're they're like all they're all women and they I don't know what their real ideology is, but they're mainly like united by their like seething hatred of of straight Asian men. They're kind of like the equivalent of of you know like Asian guys you see on Reddit who are pretty much all over the map but they're united by their seething hatred of straight asian women um and they're, they're they were the ones uh, leading uh, this like attack on on josh luna and then they were involved in that other event that sam you're alluding to which is the whole celesting affair which we'll, we'll get to next but um yeah i mean this luna thing is i think is getting pretty serious he he had multiple tweet storms he's pretty much like I think it's like on the verge of uh, alleging like defamation uh, on them, and I think nerds of color. I, I think they're just spineless right now. They they don't want to take a stand either way, so they're they're just kind of like oh, we're we're trying to back out, you know, the, whatever. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I think there's something really fucked up going on in the sense that I, I mean I don't know whether he has any history. I don't know anything about Luna, and I don't know if he knows these people or if he has any history with them, but like. It does seem that they're just based on what's available, like what you can see out of what he's done. Like he he's done nothing but like really to me sort of, um, you know, comics about things that I think most people can agree on. Um, I think a lot of Asian women on Twitter were saying like, yeah, I don't really get why this comic is so bad. I'm not sure. Um, but this this desire by like certain people and they're usually I feel like they're all bloggers or somewhere in that like in that sort of uh media stand crowd 
they're really I, I've I have not come across any kind of real like media work they've done. They don't I don't think they have blogs, they don't have podcasts, I don't think they write most of them, I don't think they write articles. I think their main online activity is tweeting. That's amazing. And Patreon, Patreons and stuff for for God knows what. Well, some, some yeah, I mean, some some of them. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, no, some people really. You know, some, it, some of them have some it, output, but yeah. What it, re- what it reminds me of, like, what it kind of bothers about bothers me about this is not. I mean, this this particular thing is just crazy. Like, you, you don't even really know why they're going after him. But it kind of makes me think, like, back in the day when uh when this is named Phil Yu, Angry Asian Man. Started up, yeah, and, and uh, he got sued. Yeah, there was like this really nasty public battle that got they they, they she was doing this thing called cute angry. Uh, she was called angry little Asian angry girl. Asian angry Asian girl. I think uh, angry little Asian a lag. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. that and was yeah, yeah, and that she, started a long time before too. Yeah, and she sued him, uh, and it was a big, very you know nasty uh, fight, and they were going at each other online and. I just I, at that time I remember thinking like why are they doing this exactly? Um, I didn't think that there was necessarily a problem with like both existing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I almost forgot that um, happened. And yeah, and you just have this, uh, you know, this. I, she just she just uh, hit him with the lawsuit and uh, try to get try, try to run him out of town. And yeah, but I think the <laughs> the difference there was it wasn't so genderized. I mean, like. It wasn't that she actually ended up alleging some very, actually rather sexist things against him. Like, she made fun of him for the fact that I think his wife was supporting him at the time. So she was, like, making fun of him for, like, not being a man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even though she also accused him of being, like, some... I think the exact word she used was, like, a Korean boy prince who got everything handed to him. Yeah, Yeah, which I think think she had, like, a hard time, uh, like, just, like pursuing her career from yeah. you know based on her like parents objections and stuff so you know i, I get where that anger came from but it, i think almost everyone sided it with angry asian man yeah. um and i think that she kind of like i think ended up having her career ruined because of it uh, i think recently she wrote an article describing it but i think this is much more genderized in which i don't think like that was over a, like a real tangible. I think that was pretty genderized, interest. man. Yeah, I feel like that was very really genderized because. But I think all the mainstream like activist types that you would think would support an Asian woman over an Asian man in that case, I think all of them supported Phil Yu. So in yeah, that sense, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It wasn't that genderized. Yeah, but that was a different but, time too. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Although you know, that's like, uh, you know, uh, Mark has his stories about about yeah, uh, you know, Jen Fang, and that was like what late two thousand. So this thing's this thing's been around for for a while. But uh, but in this case with the Luna thing, there is like that had a real tangible interest at stake, which is you know the the angry Asian whatever like kind of like trademarker or something. Here, I mean, these are not rival cartoonists uh, wanting a piece of the you know market that Joshua Luna has. I think this is a part of it is a proxy battle over can Asian men talk even remotely critical about WMAF. And I think for these, for this like cookie lunch table I, I talked about, the answer is a firm no. You can never talk about it. In fact, not even Asian women can talk about it because we all know what happened to Yoi Shaw, right. the uh, NPR uh, reporter and right. podcaster. Um, in case uh, listeners don't know, a few months ago, she she was interested in writing about this whole like WMAF thing and, and internalized racism. But anyway, she went on Asian 2X, which is uh, one of the bigger Asian female subreddits. 
And she uh, very carefully asked, you know, I understand it's a very sensitive issue. I'm here as a fellow Asian woman. I, wa I want to talk about it. Uh, please come forward if you have any stories in which, you know, you're in these relationships and you've ever had to deal with internalized racism. And immediately, like the same Twitter crowd um, launched uh, some some like jihad against her. Uh, and I think they pretty much killed the story. So you don't even have to be an Asian man. You can be an Asian woman um, and you can't talk about this. And I think that's that's the interest at stake here. Yeah, I mean, who was the um, the academic who tried to talk about this in like 2006? Oh, this she is, like a whole this is uh, Dr. Karen Pike. Who, yeah, yeah, that was like over 10 years ago. Yeah. Right, but I'm just saying it goes back and it actually, and it goes into oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, even academic circles. Sure. You can't even do like a study with numbers and, and yeah and but that, that was and, a high class kind you know? of thing where they had like uh, professors yeah. and stuff like you know so, maybe not so subtly suggesting to her that she was barking up the wrong tree in terms of her research interest and she should stay in her lane in in, in this case report, she actually said it was very explicit and quite almost scary yeah but i mean what my point is though that this was these were these were like professors right whereas now i think you're talking about the what you call them the the, the bizarre lunch table um I guess what I'm saying is that I, I find the uh, the need to suppress um, this kind of this kind of topic. The attempts to suppress it are getting more and more ridiculous. And I think like, you know, I, to, in my mind, it's just like, I don't know if I don't know if what they did to Josh Luna is really going to help their own cause. I think it's just it's just making the, the, the topic bigger and more public and more people are kind of seeing like the irrationality of that side. I mean, because in this case, Josh is totally the rational, you know, any rational one and, and the one that looks clearly like he's being victimized. And uh, they're the ones that honestly come across quite crazy. And, and that article about Mulan had nothing to do with anything. I mean, I, I didn't there was nothing in there that was even remotely uh, problematic, I guess they would say. Well, um, I mean, he was the yeah. He was defending the, the that Same it was like a like Chinese Mulan. American story, or it was important to Chinese Americans, uh, yeah. and I think some people got pissed at that. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, do you do you, what are your thoughts? I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of lost. So I'm not gonna pretend I know what's going on. Wait, hold on, because I feel like we're all over the Joshua Luna. I'm actually trying to catch up, so I'm looking at his tweets about Mulan, just to know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, he's got a couple of long tweet storms. Yeah, I, I think if you read yeah, that, all that drama. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be fun reading it. Um, yeah, I mean, Tina, yeah, I agree with you in that it's gotten so ridiculous because like Joshua Luna, I mean, up until, and I mean, including the reconciliations comic, I always thought that he was a very middle of the road. He talks, he says all the right things about you know media rep and, uh, you know, like kind of like a generalized internalized racism especially uh like uh, filipino because he's like filipino you know like colonial mentality but nothing that really you could object to uh so for him to get this angry and pretty much uh demand uh, a complete apology and everything and and not want to take their half measures yeah i think it's a sign like if you piss off a joshua who clearly does not want anything to do with some of the louder kind of like um, Asian um, men and women on Twitter who who are now like kind of on his side. He clearly doesn't want anything to do with them, but for him to get this mad, you are obviously going off the deep end. Now. Yeah, I mean, I I I here's the thing. I think like that there is. I think there's this fear 
that Asian Twitter and Asian online spaces and we used to say Asian Reddit. Now I guess we've just like fully Asian, the, the relevant part of Asian social media now has just like full, full bore, like migrated to Twitter, I guess. But there's this fear. And I think Twitter is good for this, but I think there was this fear that the Asian conversation was like particularly dysfunctional and that there were these, just these weird you know, gender divides and, uh, you know, disputes between men and women that everyone else would just think was crazy. And what I've learned is actually that the, uh, the Asian gender divide is, is, is almost mild compared to the stuff that we see in both white and, uh, black, uh, online spaces. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to uh, some very interesting things that happened on, on Black Twitter uh, yeah. the last last few days. But I want to talk about, because uh, Sam, you mentioned uh, something that happened with, with like some Asian guy who was like pretending to be an Asian woman on Twitter. And I said that was like the Celeste Ng affair. So why don't we get more into that? So yeah, Celeste the, Ng. Yeah. The Celeste Ng thing happened. Okay, let, we got to go all the way back to like spring of this year. So um, I think some people uncovered these tweets from her in 2015 in which she... For I don't know, I don't think she was prompted in any way, but just like out of her own free will, just said, I'm not attracted to Asian men. They remind me of, of my cousins. And she did this on, on two separate occasions. And they were like, I, I saw them. They like didn't get any likes or retweets. It was I think it was just like her talking with some of her Twitter friends or something. Yeah, and it, was some a, reason, it was a reply to something about John Cho. So it was just that was a one of them. The, the other one, I forgot yeah. what, why. She said that. Uh, anyway, uh, they got uncovered earlier in the spring, created kind of like a firestorm on on Asian Reddit. And uh, I mean, she did apologize for them and said she was she's interested in, in having more dialogue. But then, you know, a lot of people did attack her and she kind of became uh, the latest face in, in you know, like like the like the Asian man hating Asian women uh, archetype. Uh, and then just a few it feels like so long time ago, but it was, I think, only three weeks ago, maybe, um, <laughs> she got this email from uh, this guy named Brandon Ho. And it, it said something, I think, about her raising the next Elliot Roger or something, because she, she has a son, uh, a half-white son. Um, and then so she went on this uh, big Twitter crusade. Uh, and I think the, the objective was to like shut down like Asian identity on, on Reddit, created this week-long battle from just hell, at least by our standards. And one of the allies she enlisted was a guy named Louis Leung. Louis Leung is, is an aspiring writer, um, a frequent Twitter user if you're active in, in Asian Twitter. Um, so she, he was like the main male ally in, in this fight. Turns out, though, he was operating a secret account. Uh, what was it called again? Like RC... Um, RC Bully or some shit like that? I don't know. Yeah, like A-R-C-E-E Bully. It's deleted now, I think, so you can't even look, like up, look it up. It's the dumbest account ever. I think it was RC Bully. Anyway, um, it doesn't really matter what the name was. Uh, but he went around harassing Asian women, particularly uh, the, the like the weird lunch table crowd, um, because there was some weird beef they had with some of Celeste Ng's uh, female allies at the time, like Asian women who were helping uh, Celeste Ng. So the uh, so this like sock account of Louis Leung was going on harassing those women, saying some pretty like homophobic sexually explicit things and he uh, he had a history of saying that i mean teen to your credit you were like 
one of the first, if not the first, to call him out. But during the whole Esther Ku controversy, <laughs> I'm like referencing all these things. I bet the listeners are like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> but we potted about Esther Ku. It's we somewhere did. in the teens. Um, uh, anyway, uh, he had said something about like Esther Ku, like, oh, hope to see you in, in, a, in a future like gangbang porno video. Like, I'm going to eagerly await it. He's like said some fucked up things. And he, he like presented himself as an ally to like Asian women. But he would say these things every now and then. Anyway, so this like mysterious uh, account, like RC Bully, would go around saying all this horrible stuff. And for like a couple of days, everyone's like speculating, who is it? And it was like every name in the book got thrown around. Turned out it was Louis Leung. <laughs> and uh, he just got totally disowned by, um, you know, obviously Celeste Ng and, and like her oh, like, did Asian she say, women. Did she say that? I've, I've Actually, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Actually, she? I don't know. Well, mm. the, the Asian women who were like helping Celeste Ng definitely disowned him. Yeah. Um, so now I, I don't know, like he's like going around begging for forgiveness or something. But I mean, that, that like whole Louis Leung um, character, it's it's like it's like I mean, one thing we wanted to do starting with this episode is is come up with like certain Asian male archetypes you'll constantly see online, and like Louis Leung is is something that we would call the Yellow Knight. Um, in English class, you guys ever uh, study the old poem uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight? I did not. Just mm-hmm. random? No. Okay. Anyway, it's an old Arthurian legend. Anyway, the Green Knight, uh, here you have the Yellow Knight. And I, f- I feel like guys like Louis Leung, and, and I think you see these on certain guys who, they're, they're kind of like extreme male feminist types. And, and lately we've, so we've all been finding out that you can't trust these guys because mm-hmm. like, they're opportunists. Yeah. And I think the way they get there... Uh, specifically in Asian guys is uh, it's like I, I don't know sometimes I like go through these guys' old tweets or sometimes they write stuff on Reddit and something they all have in common is they used to be very angry they're like they're not that different from like the really angry guys you see on, on Asian male Reddit but I think at a certain point they have this realization that and, and you know I, I'm not trying to be mean here but I think a lot of them yeah, realize go ahead. He's that an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, no yeah. it's not that it's like the thing is, if you're like an Asian guy and you complain about the very real kind of like social inequalities you see there, um, unless you're like kind of like bulletproof, like like a Kevin Kreider type or like a Tim Chu or, or like somebody like that, you'll always get hit with, well, it's just because you're you're like ugly or you're boring or you're like short yeah, it's the or loser you're skinny. Talk. It's the loser talk. Yeah, it's, a, it's the loser talk. And I think, yeah. and I, that's why I say I don't want to be mean. I think a lot of these guys are not confident that they can overcome that attack. So mm. they have two choices. Either they can keep complaining and keep getting shot down as a loser, which at some point they've internalized, or they can go the other extreme and say, the only way I can deal with this anger is to just completely suppress it uh, to nothing and just completely become a true believer on the other side. But, well, in, a fake, you, but in a fake way, well, though. They don't, I don't think he's... At least Lewis is. I know there's others like Hermit, Huarang and stuff, but like, I, I think that they... I mean, Lewis... Definitely, these guys know that they're like moles, right? Like they're they're. I think they're very conscious of what they're doing, and they're. Well, they're, who knows? Who knows what they're? You know how like if you ever the most like anti-gay televangelist types, they're always always, gay. always <laughs> get caught with a yeah, rent boy. Yeah. And yeah. I've likened this to a gay conversion therapy, where you have this uh, to them. It's it's not homosexuality. It's this anger and resentment against Asian women, and. They don't know how to deal with it, and they and they get so desperate. They think the only way is to, as I said, do this like, like zealous conversion and become uh, this like crazy convert for the other side. And and 
do those people honestly think that thing works? I don't really know. So I think these guys are kind of similar, but they just they're just they just want to get rid of it because it's it's a horrible feeling, and um and eventually I think like it's but, their but version of clear, getting caught, no, caught with I, a rent boy. But I want to clarify. I don't think when you say like Lewis is a a, fe- a male feminist extremist, I don't think he actually believes anything. Well, I think he I think he's a pl- platic- particularly duplicitous one. But yeah. I'm talking more about. You know, like like the the type of Asian guys who who go gung ho for like you know the eighteen million rising or to reappropriate oh, or or these kind of sites. Okay. I think that's the kind of guy you're talking yeah. about. And rarely we see the the female equivalent, but you know we do see them. They're like all hanging out in ESR, and you can't trust people like that, male or female, because at a certain level you have like like you got to have a little selfishness. There there are certain selfish aspects to men and women that. You can't really let go if you are, if you are like a normal human being who wants, you know, you're not like a monster, monstrous sociopath, but there's some of your own interests that you want to look out for. And if you're willing to like completely surrender that, then there's something a little off about you. I, I think also like, you know, they're like, if you take the gay conversion therapy analogy, it's like you go from like bottom of the rung to, to being sort of like, you know, this famous Tolerated. author sidekick, right? Like. And and she knew full well. I think Celeste knew full well about Lewis's past and how. And I, and I think he was going around saying stuff like, "Oh, I'm a reformed, toxic yeah. Asian yeah, guy," yeah. and whatever. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's it. You know, it's it's he. You go from like bottom of the rung to you know uh, most favored sidekick because you know you you're willing to say everything um, to us to say no 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 no. You know I've. I'm with these guys. I knew all, all about yeah. it. Well, and you're like, you're the easiest. Yeah, you're the easiest to manipulate. Yeah, because the you're the most like, desperate. Yeah, but Lewis was. I mean, I I don't think anyone ever considered him uh, to be someone that was like making any sort of coherent case no. uh, yeah. for anything. <laughs> you know, like I don't think he was. He was never a coherent tweeter. Well, also, sort of like gay conversion therapy, would be it just doesn't work. And there's exactly. always that. It doesn't work. There's always that seed oh, of, of like that not. anger or whatever, right? Yeah. So, it, so, so they they like to think that they have let well, it, it go, d- but they haven't. It, it does. And then it does. It, just, it does work from the perspective of the people who do the conversion, because they, right, you know, that, but but for but for the actual like ideological, uh, yeah, it doesn't work. And then it's stuff can't. like stuff like creating a, a female sock puppet Twitter account to express your true deep dark feelings happens you know that's that's what happens with gay conversion therapy too you you know just come it comes out because that's who you are so uh, yeah <laughs> so sam we, we've told you all this well do you have any reflections uh, <laughs> she's probably I'm, like what the fuck is wrong with you guys <laughs> i mean i'm 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 really trying to catch up everything so i'm half listening to y'all <laughs> And I'm half looking at Joshua Luna, and I'm like, oh, now I'm starting to get what's going on. Okay. The Lewis guy, that's mm. another thing I have to catch up on. Apparently, he made some weird-ass comment about, like, Eliza. Eliza? Is it Eliza? Eliza. Sorry about that. Eliza. Uh, Eliza. Eliza and something something lesbian. I'm like, wait, what? And apparently, this guy made child rape joke. I, I, I don't fucking know anymore. My brain is kind of exploding right now. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that, that, so that's the Yellow Knight. Um, and w- I guess one of his... Which, by the way, I should add, Lewis, the thing that really bothered me about Lewis was that the reason I even 
he got on my radar was because his red tie, his red tie. His red, right? well, he, he was out. He he was out. Like he's got like he's got like fifty thousand followers or whatever on on yeah, obviously Twitter, obviously, bot, bot. Probably mostly bot. bots or something. But like he's going around like selling himself like oh i have like you know a material amount of followers that i can use to raise money and he was like out there raising mm-hmm. money for Gen Feng's reappropriate organization and i'm just like you see what i'm saying it's like it's always these guys. and at that point people already knew the the sort of fucked up comments that he was making to women and you know um calling certain women men and and saying oh if you want to prove that you're a woman then send me a video you know all this stuff like really fucked up shit and he's out there raising money for uh, Reappropriate, which uh, is, you know, sort of an Asian feminist uh, organization. And I'm like, this doesn't square. Like, this just, how does this, like, how is this remotely acceptable? Um, but, you know, I, it, I, I, I see this a lot. And I, the, the, it, what bothers me, really, honestly, is that very few very few guys that are op- out there openly shilling or or p- putting themselves out feminist like ever turn out to be the real thing that's what bothers me i mean we see that in all groups right the schneiderman types and the the, the oh, Sh- hugo Sh- yeah, you know hugo and, schweitzer yeah. happened yeah. years ago you know it's like yeah. it wasn't like a surprise <laughs> you've got you know in, in case mm. you don't know hugo schweitzer i think he was like a professor of like feminine studies or something at some university turned out oh god turned out he was that's like, red flag already yeah man. and like turned out he just <laughs> like i don't think he ever like raped anyone i could be wrong uh forgive me if i'm wrong on that but he definitely went around like groping people like being creepy in general and oh like god. pressuring people to have sex with him yeah it's just like yeah yo anyway um okay so we were talking uh, do we want to go through some more archetypes do you have any any to throw around yeah, the deep cover troll, man. Oh yeah. So what, what, what's the, what's the deep cover troll? Deep cover troll. There, there's some of these guys. There, I don't know who the fuck they are. Like, I, I swear to God, they're like white dudes. And the deep cover, man. They're deep cover. They're so committed to. And my my theory is they're actually out looking for. Uh, they're actually genuinely out looking for. Uh, uh, for for anti feminist allies in POC groups and stuff. Because they don't, mm. they don't want to just be like, you know, the white incel, whatever. They, they want to spice it up a little bit with some, you know, uh, minority guys that'll back them up. And so they'll go in. This is my theory anyway. You never know exactly who they are. But they'll go in with like, you know, uh, <laughs> a picture of like a Korean dude who's like really like a, actually a famous actor. Oh, yeah. No, there, there was one, one user. I don't know if we'll name him. But... Um, he had a profile pic, and I looked at it. And I was like, "Wait a minute, that's the Korean actor Song Seung-un, who's like a big heartthrob in Korea." And Teen, you were like, "I knew right. it. I knew he couldn't be that good looking." <laughs> right, exactly. Like the, the 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 what he says does not match up to his looks. You know what I mean, like, yeah, I, I remember that yeah, guy yeah. would say something like like um if like an Asian or maybe any woman says something, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, man, she needs someone with this like dragon dick or something." He's like, what? "Well, well, you know, the funny thing, <laughs> the funny thing was that he would do he he was like eighty percent of the time like almost a halfway halfway coherent uh you know sort of like this archetype of a leftist online warrior who would go around talking about fighting you know white hegemony and all this stuff and you know he'd he'd he'd, he'd, he'd chant that line all the time and then in a in a select every now and then 
he would just pull out, you know, like someone would say something about, uh, you know, I don't know, oh, the hypocrisy of, you know, the way that Asian men and women are treated or, you know, just some standard thing. And then he'll come in and just be like, oh, yeah, the hypocrisy. They're going to be crying when all women of all different colors appreciate the golden cock. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and oh god i, I want to know like whoever is behind that account do they were they were they just saving up for that one moment thinking like that once i say this the asian dudes are going to be like i found my god <laughs> <I th-. laughs> uh. like are you serious you really think that see that's the thing is like the deep cover troll is the person who i think ultimately shares the same suspicions mistaken premises about asian guys that I think a lot of um, um, Asian women might, or women Asian women might, which is that like all of it is some cover for like one day to advocate for like golden cock supremacy, <laughs> so that all the world's ra- the rainbow of women will finally come to appreciate which is the supreme dick, and it's just the most oh, ridiculous. It's just the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, like I just. The, the the glorious days where you know the con would have like ten thousand concubines and have yeah, like yeah. a you know hundred thousand children. The the day shall come again. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, and, and I they'll really, be and they'll be the ones. Yes, I really do watch out for people who um, try and associate Asian identity with the Golden Horde and uh, the Khan yeah. family because uh, they were pretty much um, like rapists on horseback. So mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know that you want to tie, you know, <laughs> this concept of uh, Asian American consciousness and identity to a roving band, a band of, uh, you know, uh, Mongolian rape masters of the of the of the steppe. You know what I mean? I just- at, at, le- at least at least the Mongolian horde was real. I mean, there's that like Odinism thing for like the the. Scandinavians, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and 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 they're they're wishing to be gods that never existed. So at least yeah. the the Golden Horde people are harkening uh, back to something that was, you know, historical. The blood, the blood of Genghis flows in me. <laughs> uh, that deep, at least that particular deep cover troll that we're talking about. The thing that strikes me about him is he is like very calm. Is is that right? Like most of his tweets are calm, which I think a genuinely yeah. angry Asian guy is not calm on Twitter, which. Brings me to the archetype that I want to introduce. I call him the uh, the Butma logic guy or BML guy, and I mean the the paradoxical thing about this guy is that he's actually really emotional, but he thinks he's being logical because he has like a certain set of like talking points, something you know like white supremacy, you know, perpetuating white supremacy, uh, maybe something about the. Um, uh, like name some atrocity, like like uh, the way like the Americans killed the, the Filipinos um, after like yeah. the, the was it the Spanish American uh, War? The the uh, the cover up of the uh, undeniable sexuality of Sesame Hayek, <laughs> something like that. Uh, <laughs> yes, and then yes, he'll yeah. and if he ever gets into an argument on Twitter, he'll like screech and screech these talking points at like an Asian woman or whoever is he's arguing against, and yeah. they're they're like always thinking, but like. How come they're not listening to my like logical reasons? I don't get it. And right, right. And there's, yeah, and, and they often have no profile picture because they're, I guess, um, wary of the consequences. Which I find very pathetic when you see like Asian women or like, even women in general putting their pictures out there when you know that some yeah. some fucker is gonna say, oh, you're fat or you're ugly or something. And for these guys to be yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not confident in my looks. Then like, 
at least back up your words with a with a picture. Maybe don't put your name out there or something, but at least put a picture up. But yeah, so I mean, these these I I call the Butma Logic guys because they they honestly think I think that they're like shouting the same talking points again and again. I don't know if they actually think this is gonna convince anyone or it's just their form of emotional therapy. But you know, I understand where they're coming from, but it, it can get it, they're, it's like hurting their own cause. Yeah, I think the problem is that um, they don't. They they think that this is um, like I still keep going back to this thing that you said before, which is like the source of anger is more often hypocrisy than it is injustice. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that the hypocrisy though is well inequality. I mean, like hypocrisy of- can be injustice. Uh, they're more angered by hypocrisy than inequality. Oh, sorry, inequality. Sure. Uh, and um, that in. Hypocrisy is something that's premised off of a lack, like a gap in logic, right? It's like, okay, well, if if you are standing for A, but you're against B, then there's a logical gap, and that's the hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Bumma Logic guy, I think, is really hung up on the hypocrisy, uh-huh. argument, you know, the hypocrisy, and constantly trying to establish it. And can't get past that point because... Well, and, also get, and also trying to get people to acknowledge their hypocrisy. Getting yes, well, that's the ultimate. That would have be how you ultimately resolve it, right? Is like the person who's being hypocritical goes, "Whoa, your logic, uh, you're right. right. I'm going to change everything about me. my belief yeah. system, right? Right." And you know, the 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 problem is that um, the the sense of outrage and the hypocrisy is actually kind of in. It's something that you're experiencing because what the other person experiencing is not like being hypocritical intentionally what the other person is doing is actually just like following their self-interest and, exactly and it's the pursuit of self-interest that results in hypocrisy and the but logic guy i feel in some ways just like not just like not selfish enough in a way. like can't get in touch with his inner selfishness it was, which is weird. That makes him sound like a good guy, <laughs> you know. And I think they are good guys in that sense, right? They might but be naive in a certain way. There's a naivety where it's like, look, people pursue interests, and a lot of times, you know, the hypocrisy. What you should really do, I think, is pursue the hypocrisy to understand why it exists, and therefore tease out what the interests are. And then once you understand what right. the interests are, then you can kind of approach the problem in a more practical, detached, logical, effective way. But just mm-hmm. constantly harping on the logical breakdown of the hypocrisy just will get you nowhere. Yeah, I mean, here, here's an example right. of hypocrisy that is quite obvious. So a few days ago, uh, Bitch Magazine published an article uh, in which uh, an Asian one writer was defending uh, 12 the Boys I've Loved Before from criticism, saying that there's a double standard uh, because... Um, a, Asian men are allowed to be with white women, whereas Asian women are not allow- allowed to be with white men. I mean, I don't know what universe she's living in <laughs> where, where that's the case. But um, the thing is, a Bitch Magazine, earlier in the year, when the whole like Aziz Ansari, Babe.net controversy um, happened, they published an article that used that incident to call out how like Aziz Ansari in, in Master of None was elevating white women over women of color and in general asian men have this uh, hypoc- uh hypocrisy where they 
um, you know, glorify getting white women, which, you know, some do. I'll, you know, I think we can all admit that it happens. Um, whereas uh, they will like make guard Asian women. So it's like on one hand, you call out Aziz and sorry, but on this other hand, you say, oh, this like this thing that Jenny Han did, what is self empowerment? I think, I mean, that's, I think that's a pretty clear cut example of hypocrisy. Mm. Yeah, it is. Are you, does it anger you? It doesn't really anger me. I'm just kind of like, well, what do you, what, well, it, what it you angers That's, me yeah. that if like nobody calls them out on it, it totally makes sense why they would do that. Um, and I've always wondered if they just came out and said it, yeah, we're doing it because we just want to maximize our social opportunities. I wonder if, oh, yeah. if that would like, actually <laughs> quell some of the anger. Cause if it is indeed true that it's the hypocrisy that really gets at people as opposed to the inequality, which angers them, but I think they would be able to deal with more well we would see then right can i say this i think yeah i agree i think there's hypocrisy you can find in both genders and also all races and people love to point out hypocrisy in other groups and never their own that's just like a typical pattern i've noticed uh, yeah i mean so it's just human it's, nature right yeah exactly you see you know asian men getting angry by asian women being white men but then like you have to type that like <laughs> i was calling desperate and, and, and like to get with white women, I'm like, chill, white women are not all that. And then, <laughs> uh, and then, and if I talk about it, and the other person I talk about is an Asian woman, on average, more likely than not, she's like, yeah, agree, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, I know, right? Like, once, so once I bring up, once I bring up hypocrisy on the other side about that some Asian woman guilty of, there's like a silence on the other side. Like, you know, they can't call me sexist for it. I'm, I'm an Asian woman saying it, so they, they have nothing to say. And I noticed, like, people just do that. They can't just call bullshit simply because, I don't know, they align with their own gender and race, and so they want to be biased about their bias. Yeah, I mean, you see that on Twitter, too. Whenever um, you, you have, like, uh, like, like the, the people who are, get very defensive about WMAF, uh, if ever an Asian woman argues with them, they often just, like, ignore her. Because I don't think their playbook doesn't have that. Um, they don't know how to talk to an Asian woman who who uh, goes against them? Uh, if an Asian guy, they they've got every weapon in the book. He's he's an angry virgin loser, or he's he's like some Confucian mm-hmm. bastard, whatever. But when an Asian woman does it, they might say, "Oh, you're like," I mean, if they say like you're being controlled by a man, I mean, that's kind of anti-feminist to say, right? To say that a woman is so easily controlled by by a man, uh, or sometimes they might say, "You're you're a secret man. You're actually a, an Asian guy with a." female picture and acting like a woman but they, I, like a lot of them I don't really have a plan to so they just ignore yeah it, I feel can I say this just to add on to my, my previous comment whenever I see and this is an example it's not the only example say an Asian guy being mad about Asian woman being with a white guy but then justify why it's okay for Asian men to, <laughs> to do that I and all the things that I, what I initially saw as like legitimate, valid anger, which again I will state it is, uh, I I no longer buy the idea that the individuals who engage in this are truly angry about white supremacy like they, like they are. Because if they are, they will be against it, whether that comes in the form of worshiping a white man or white woman. So, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's to me, it's more about so yeah. they're just being angry about having not having the access to it. But once they have it, they're like, oh, yeah, well, this is cool. And you have guys, yeah. actually, you have Asian guys who are no longer angry over this issue because 
Oh wow, Asher can get with a white woman. Never mind. My life oh, is going those, well. those guys suck. Really, <laughs> they sucks. really, really suck. <laughs> um, actually, um, Miss Ing, if in, in any weird off chance you happen to be listening, um, we'd love to talk to you about this. You know, away from the insanity and and zaniness of Twitter. And uh, you know, I'm like, I've read everything I never told you. I think you're a very good writer and I think we could have a, actually a very sane and productive uh, discussion about this and I, I think this whole like Louis Leung thing just shows that you know the online uh, you know there's a lot of um, not everything is what it seems and, and I think a more maybe a direct dialogue uh, would help uh, just uh, facilitate this conversation more so yeah just throwing it out there if you happen to be listening or maybe uh, one of your associates or something. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, I said that uh, we're kind of running out of time, but you know what? We we released an old episode last week, so we can go a bit over time. You know, people want fresh material, so we'll give it to them. Um, <laughs> so I referenced something that happened on Black Twitter. So uh, let's talk about that. Um, Teen, again, you want to do some some uh, deep background on? Let's start with the the Duray thing, or do you want to start with the Brianna Joy Gray thing? Um, I guess we could talk about the. Uh... Yeah, the Brianna Joy Gray. Okay, and we'll close so, it off with Duray. Yeah, so real quick, I mean, I to be honest, like I've I've just been catching up on reading about Gray, and she's uh, she's a African American woman who is um, you know tightly associated with the socialist DSA crowd, Bernie, you know, Bernie Sanders, and um, writes a lot about. I think this might be an oversimplification of what she's saying, but that she's sort of saying that the like the way to move forward is really to like put class sort of as a priority over race and we we can't you know race and identity politics can sometimes serve to circumscribe like circumscribe communities into uh you know um uh, it, it's preventing class solidarity and stuff and i guess what happened there was a there was um Accusation by Tariq Nasheed. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I think yeah. in general, um, you might be right about that. But there were also just like general people who were tweeting at her from uh, after she made that kind of like class first tweet, and it's like, oh, I bet your boyfriend's white. Um, and then so so it was like being set up or something. Yeah, and then I think she like they were setting up the issue. Yeah, and then I think she said her boyfriend's actually Asian. Um, yeah. yeah, she posted a picture. Yeah, too. I don't know if people like outed her <laughs> or she brought that up out of her own accord. Then I think for sure at this point, I know for sure Tariq Nasheed got involved. And um, he said that, uh, you know, these these types of, you know, like black women, there's always a, a white right. or Asian zaddy. Um, which I, uh, yeah. what exactly does that mean? I thought it was I thought it was like mainly using the gay community. I think it's but it's it's zaddy. <laughs> isn't it the isn't it the counterpart to what they call a what he calls a bed wench? Which is bedwench refers to, um, you know, like, like the, a, bl- the, a black woman who who gets with a white man. Yeah, it, it comes. It's a very loaded. No, uh, no, zaddy. It comes, zaddy. It, comes from, it, yeah. it refers to men. I think it just is means it? like a stylish older man. That's what I thought. Uh, mainly in, in a gay uh, context, but I could be totally wrong about that. But I don't think it's anything. What's the spelling? What's the z- z- part of that? I, like, I, I would don't they know. just say I, like sugar daddy? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Or is it like a, a shortening? But Brianna Joy Gray, actually, I think she was trying to like, for whatever reason, maybe as a setup to try to goad people into making uh, the tax she wanted so that she could be uh, to use that as receipts. She she preempted um, those comments and she posted that picture with her Asian boyfriend. So she did it. She did it her, herself. And then that's when Tariq jumped in with like, 
ooh, I, you know, I've looked at your Instagram or your Facebook and, you know, the only black men in your pictures are like your family members. I, I gotta say, I really disagree with, if she didn't put it out there, like if, if that wasn't part of her, like, thing, like if she's not out there mm-hmm. saying like, oh, you know, my relationship is with an Asian man and therefore, you know, it, we embody the sort of like ideal of class, class solidarity, political solidarity above race then I, it's just not fair game. Like, if someone's not putting that sure, online, yeah. it's just not fair game. And, like, if people are going out saying, look, oh, I bet she's got a white boyfriend, better boyfriend's an Asian dude. Like, it's just, I, it's it, if she didn't put that down, right? But if someone does put that down as saying, like, this is a, dem- this is where I start to think, like, then people do need to speak up about it. And, it, and but you've got to be very careful about why. You've got to be, Mm-hmm. Very, very careful about and, and specific about why. I think the, pro- the what bothers me about this is that a person's personal a person's choice of partner is an unassailable choice, right? Like you just you can't bring a good faith argument to say like you shouldn't date someone unless the guy's like you know clearly fuck it, like a race like a clear racist or something, right? But right. Um, you know, based on race alone, like you can't just be like, oh, you know, you're disqualified because you're dating this guy or whatever. My problem is when people tie a certain argument or promote a certain um, ideology, like a certain ideology about how race works in America and says that my interracial relationship is proof of that. Because then you, what mm-hmm. happens is... Mm-hmm. They're putting their relationship sort of as like a paperweight on top of their point, and you can't really move the paperweight because any if you yes. atta- if you criticize their idea, then it's they immediately be like, okay, so you're saying that I can't date outside my race, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm just <laughs> like, it, it, I don't care about who you're dating, you know. I think that's a very tr- I've seen this happen, and it's very tricky. And that's it really basically what the the, Lana, the terrible Lana Condor uh, interview on the cut was all about, where she. Oh really? Yeah, because she said that she said right. that any criticism of the To All the Boys I've Loved Before movie was some kind of like command on her to only be with Asian men, and it right. and it was and so she, bad yes. that it got called out on on Pride magazine. Well, because she also well, she also she, compared no, it. She specifically and she specifically tied it back to. Um, LGBTQ mm-hmm. and said it's like saying that people can't be gay. Yeah, and then it was, it, as I said, it was so bad it got called out by Pride magazine. But th- th- yeah, that's kind of the same uh, argument that's used. And I mean, we saw on the um, Asian Identity subreddit, like uh, some guys were now hating oh, on gosh. Tariq Nasheed because they saw him going after this like beautiful uh, like AMBF uh, Asian male black female couple, and th- they saw him as their enemy because he was like. Uh, you know, attacking an Asian, uh, Asian man in a, in a, in a relationship, uh, without realizing this is the exact same tactic that gets used, uh, much more often against them whenever mm-hmm. they criticize yeah. any kind of like fucked up yeah. dynamics in like WMAF. And that's just like something you, you have to look past just like the most obvious image there. You know, what is the underlying yeah. principle? Cause you know, that's the exact same shit that happens to you, but how can you not see that? Well, I mean, I we were think, talking about this earlier. It's it's self interest, right? I mean, but it, that's why they're doing what it. What if they knew their actual self interest? You've, you've heard of Tariq Nasheed, right? You said you've heard of him. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How do you spell? How do you spell the name? I'm just trying to see if I know this person. <laughs> t- t- no, I'm just curious. I mean, I, I texted you. So look, look at your phone. Yeah, but like the 
like Tariq. Okay, I this is I, I think it's kind of worth discussing Tariq Nasheed for a sec because like he is like let's say not a friend to Asians. <laughs> he he's right uh, now. He is not. No, he's he's quite anti-Asian. Uh, he's on um, you know Twitter saying like. Right now, he's got a particular beef with uh, Asians because uh, there are a lot of uh, black women like Issa Rae and uh, Brianna Brianna uh, Gray that are sort of promoting what he calls swirling right. with Asian men, uh-huh. right? And I can understand because of the the reasoning that the the black women like Issa Rae and, and Brianna Joy Gray are are using to defend their dating choices. I can understand why someone like her, like why black men would be upset. Because it's, you know, it's intimating and saying basically that they're stupid and they're unworthy and they're lesser than everyone else. Yeah, there's a lot of embedded so, problems in the way that they yeah. that they go about promoting Absolutely. it. And I think if you're if you really think about um, the ways in which uh, the ways in which a lot of this stuff is like weaponized to especially by white men to um, weaponize black women against black men it's mm-hmm. a kind of going like i've seen it like let's let's just see like i've seen it happen on twitter and i'm like yeah it it, it does happen and that you know the same thing happens with asians and stuff right yeah and i think the thing with Tariq is although as an asian guy you probably are going to get pissed off looking at what he tweets about asian people like you know, we're mm-hmm. we're we're all anti-black. We all are complicit with white supremacy and keeping down the black, the black community. And we're we're basically servants of white supremacy and all this stuff, which I completely disagree with. But the the thing is, like, I, I just don't I don't think that the problem has ever been the overwhelming ideological force of the Tariq Nasheed, you know, brand of black identity politics. I like that is not something that pervades the atmosphere of America and sort of defines the world we live in. So the the way it, it is, see, that's why it's different for me when it's like a black guy like Tariq saying stuff like this. It's because I'm like, it's the anti. There is as much anti Asianness in the black community as there is, let's say, or or there is anti Asianness in the black community, just as there is anti blackness in the Asian community. But that's not the overwhelming problem that either of our communities face. Here's the thing, though. But right. this is a so proportion. I think we get a little bit sidelined by saying like trying to fight multiple fronts, going like, "Oh, Tariq is just as bad as you know white supremacists that whatever." I'm like, mm, you got to think about you got to think about that a little deeper. To be honest, two, two things to say. One, I just realized you're talking about Tariq. I totally thought you were talking about someone else for some reason, like a Tariq, some woman's name. But you're talking about Tariq oh. Nasheed. Okay, <laughs> same person as yes. all along. Oh, she's like, yeah, that's not really the Tarish I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but about that guy, he's, you know, he's well known, like online as this like this black nationalist type. And 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 what what you said about how there's as much anti Asian racism in black community. I would like to point out Hispanic community as well. As much as there oh, yeah, is sure. in anti black oh, yeah. racism in Asian community, I completely agree with that. Anyone who even have honest with fucking reality knows that but a lot of people are not honest about that the the, the conversation about this uh the communities uh like racism and poc communities are so disproportionate 
you only ever hear one side, and you rarely ever hear like the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think like the well to sort of maybe diagnose a little bit why a lot of the Asian activists will deny, deny, deny that there's any anti-Asian uh, sentiment is maybe because they want to forge an alliance with with the black community, and if they and they and they fear that if they um, acknowledge that there may be some anti-black sentiment that it'll sour that and i think that's exactly the opposite of what of the approach that will work i mean it's also i think when you it's also a power differential i mean i'm sure i'm sure like if they wanted to be if they needed our our allyship as much as we needed theirs they would do some of the the denying themselves but usually it it tends to be more of the the asians who who have to do it just because of our numbers funding just general presence um yeah yeah no oh definitely but i just think that from a from a broader perspective like if you want to reconcile with somebody um and it's if there's a very obviously a problem and that's sort of like a sticking point to to working stuff out and all you do is sort of deny that that's a problem and then wonder why you know you aren't friends anymore or you don't reconcile you can't do that. That doesn't work. You have to sort of work through a problem, and and, it, it, and the first step is to acknowledge that it's there. So you know, I just think from a strategic standpoint, also they're I, not doing it right. I would, I would, I would qualify. Here's it, like this: this gets complicated, you know, and and so I don't expect people to fully think about these things before they go on like uh, Reddit and start posting shit. Like they're just reacting, but it's it, it's also different to me. When someone like Tariq Nasheed, who's like very, very like black identified and and ninety percent of what ninety five percent of what he's talking about is you know white supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. That his form of anti Asian racism is one. It's it, he's not doing it in conjunction with white people, and that's the that's the mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. racism that really bothers me is the kind that's kind of and to be honest i do see more uh hispanic guys doing this where you'll see you'll often see like i've seen this on facebook and shit where like uh you'll you'll see like you'll see sometimes like asian guys saying some racist shit and then like a latin like a hispanic guy will jump in and like kind of go along with it or white guy will say some fucked up shit in a in a hispanic guy will go in and and jump and be a part of that when I see people of color going in and karate, like collaborating with white racism, that mm-hmm. really bothers me to, at a level that's a real problem. But like when I just see like a dude who's spending ninety five percent of his time talking up, speaking up against white supremacy, and then yeah, he has completely retrograde fucked up views about Asian people that are premised off of the ongoing never ending um real world tension between Asians and blacks I, right. I just I just don't view that as the same kind of thing. I'm like that's a localized problem that needs its own kind of addressing, but I don't want to lump that into this larger problem, which is the you know what's what's coming from yeah, I want to respond to your comment. My fear is that it, it can be part of this big problem because he's what's scary is that he isn't the only one who thinks that way. He isn't the only one who's making these rhetoric online about like white supremacy like ninety five percent of the time 
and then along with that also make anti-Asian sentiment, and that gets normalized. That even gets called, oh, this isn't me being uh, racist. This is me being anti-racist. What are you talking about? I'm speaking up against white supremacy, and yes, I hate Asian people because, you know, that's not part of white supremacy, right? Ironically enough. Uh, I don't know how a lot of people miss that part, but and yet that's what gets normalized, unfortunately, among a good number of, like, non-Asian POC online activists. And that really concerns me because now we're not um, we're not just dealing with racism from, like, this random asshole on the street. It's also people who call themselves anti-racist online. That really bothers so, me. So are, are you saying that even though Tariq might not be, uh, pre- uh, you know, practicing his anti-Asian racism alongside a, a white person, um, because he spends 95% of his time uh, fighting white supremacy and then like 5% of his time, uh, you know, spewing hateful things against Asians, people will conflate those in their mind? There are definitely, sort of what you're I, I say at? this because there are definitely people who I've seen it a number of times. It wasn't just once or twice. Like, if it would happen just one time or two times, I'm like, oh, this is just, just this weird person being weird. Nah, I've seen a good number of times. Like, xenophobia and anti-Asianism, it's it's just as strong, and not just in white communities, also even in black communities that happen. I know there's, like, you know, complicated tension between, like, black American and black immigrants as well, and I don't want to get too much in that, but... Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I yeah, think, I mean, yeah. I think, I think that there is ignorance in all communities about Asians. There's racism against Asians from all, uh, all, all groups. I guess what I'm saying is that there is something qualitatively different uh, about white anti-Asian racism. There is a power differential, yes, but there's also another aspect of it which is really troubling, which is that for some reason, white anti-Asian racism is a kind of racism that Asian people often decide to participate in. That's that's the part of it. About, what do you mean? Of, of Give an example. Really, well, I mean, I think examples abound where you often see, for example, like, you know, what I would say self-appointed Asian American activists Mm -hmm. that are actively promoting, um, like that are actively promoting positions that are designed to suppress Asian American interests. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're constantly being put up there and they're, you know, constantly trying to, trying to lead Asian people away from their natural, uh, interests and say, like, for example, affirmative action. Asian Americans often have politically incorrect views on that. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, we, we often find that the people who are like leader, like take Margaret Chin as an example, and it yeah. came to Peter Lang and stuff. It's like, you, you, you see that the white liberal view or the white view of a, like, of Asians is something that Asians will often themselves adopt. Yeah. You rarely see the same happen for, say, like, Asian people who adopt the black perspective of Asians. It's just I not... I see what you're saying. I'm sure it happens here and there. Yeah. But it doesn't It doesn't have nearly the, the, the sort of power that uh, that white attitudes have. Okay, guys, we gotta, we gotta move on, so please wrap it up. I'm done, man. <laughs> uh, I think that's it for the list. No, I mean, we, we, gotta, we gotta sneak in DeRay here. I think we could drop Duray, no? Um, we we did mention him before. Let, let's just quickly let's, let's might as well. I mean, if it if it goes too over, I can edit it out. But um, so this whole uh, as a finale, this Duray McKesson thing. So I'm sure a lot of people know at least a little bit about him. He was 
made uh, kind of like the face of, of the Ferguson protest. You see him with his, you know, stupid blue Patagonia uh, sweater vest on. And recently he, I think he uh, released a book and he went to Ferguson to uh, have like some like book signing or something. And this so guy, tour, um, yeah. he recorded a video in which uh, he pretty much called DeRay out. Um, I, we're going to insert it. So uh, listen to it here. Man, you sit your line self down. You need to go back to where you came from, you damn liars. Don't buy this book. It's not the truth. He did nothing in Ferguson for us. I am a Ferguson activist. I am a Ferguson frontliner. She has did nothing but stole money from you guys. Both of them. They are not for us. They are not our people. You need to stop listening to this bull crap. This is a lie. This is not the truth. Do not believe what they're telling you. touch me, I will hit you so hard, your brain will shatter. Listen to what I'm saying. D-Ray, you know. Lexus, you know. You ain't no part of us. Stop using us. You have made money constantly off of us. Have you not? Shut up. Uh, so what, what you just heard is, um, is this guy um, pretty much saying that he just used the, the Ferguson protest for his own interest. Now he's become some kind of like media figure, author, etc., and uh, I mean, we're not going to pretend we're like too plugged into Black Twitter to know all the details, but I think this does highlight the the whole issue of white appointed activists and and so called leaders. And I mean, we see this a lot in in Asian America. And I think some Asian Americans they they think like you know black people they, they they've got their shit all together when it comes to this kind of like racial activism stuff. But you know, it it affects everybody, and and the the faster you see that, the the more you'll get out of your own own head and think that this is some uniquely Asian problem. Yeah, uh, and I I just want to add that that variety profile of him was hilarious because it was all of like thirty words long, <laughs> and uh, it basically just talked about. Um, it could be summed up by like the first uh, <laughs> paragraph where it basically says. Uh, DeRay went to Maine's Bowden. Is it Bowden College? Bowden, and I think it's pronounced Bowden. Bowden. Bowden, I think. Yeah, he's he's uh, he went to Bowdoin College and he wears um, Patagonia. I'm not saying any. I'm not trying to pass judgment on Deray. I don't. I don't really know the story behind um, what Deray's actual involvement was in Ferguson. Uh, what I'm trying to say is like the 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 interest at Vanity Fair, the the profile of him in Vanity Fair, literally is just about. Like he wears the same brand of vest, like outerwear as you, and he went to the same like kind of college that you know your friends and and people that you're comfortable with went to. Like the whole the whole article is just about making him seem like uh, a a a black white guy, honestly. And this is not about mm-hmm. Deray. This is about Vanity Fair. Yeah, and there's a there's an alternate article which uh, says that he's basically a secret agent for TFA, Teach for America. And I mean, th- this mm-hmm. is a real like fight. Uh, if you read um, the Shock Doctrine by Naomi Klein, um, there is a. She starts off by saying that the first thing that happened after Hurricane Katrina is that they pretty much went and destroyed all the teachers' unions, and uh, yeah. like the the hmm. goal was to like like charterize and privatize the schools. So th- there yeah. is this. I'm sure Betsy DeVos was p- probably linked to that effort. Yeah, and and um, there, there was also like some people who are trying to defend Duray uh, because they said that uh, he's gay. So they said that th- there's like some like virul- virulent uh, black homophobia that was like out to get him from the start. And in fact, may have led him to kind of 
uh, be a fake because like he tried to work with them, but then uh, they chased him away. So I I wonder if this is all if he was indeed secretly like sent. He's like I wonder if they looked at him. You know this is like a, a nice looking uh, black man. He went to uh, you know like a liberal arts college in Maine. He's also gay, so he's got like multiple protections that will endear him to you know the whole Vanity Fair crowd. I I think like you know. I- it's it's funny because like we started talking about what's going on in Twitter and it's just it sounds really like it just sounds really uh, uh, juvenile and stuff. But I'm telling you, some of the stuff that goes on on Twitter, it really gives you a, a view into what how race works in America. And uh, it's troubling. It's very troubling. Yeah, Sam, I feel yeah. I feel a bit bad because I mean we brought you onto this pod, but so much <laughs> is is about Twitter, which you're not even on. And I know you told yeah. us you're thinking of getting See, on, but this is why I need to make a Twitter account so I can find out all the you, drama but, that happened. But you know, we, we're gonna exactly. please let us give you like a crash course so you're not too overwhelmed, so you know who to like, you know who's yeah. who, and you're not gonna yeah. So like okay, so I found <laughs> I read everything Joshua Luna wrote about. I saw that mess. NOC and uh, some other woman who happens to be a Facebook friend. And then, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to catch up uh, with the weird dude who decided to pretend to be an Asian woman because her account, I mean, his account has been taken down for sure. Because oh, we got screenshots. Reported. Don't worry. We got screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing, one thing I want to say in that whole like Brianna Joy Gray thing, one of the funniest tweets I saw was, I think this was after she like posts, uh, she says she had like an Asian boyfriend, <laughs> some guy, uh, I think it was some like black guy tweeted. I bet she listens to K-pop too. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's an insult yeah. now. Oh, that that subversive music, you know that that K-pop, you know, bad, bad, bad. Don't do, people got do, people can't can't not lead with their dicks, man. They can't like don't be like the fucking uh, deep deep undercover troll guy. Like, do not make this about the the, the golden cockhorn, man. Please do not. Uh, <laughs> just don't do that shit. Don't. <laughs> like, oh god, I can't stand it. All right. All right, uh, we've gone quite a bit over time, but as I said, we I think we can afford to. Um, any any closing thoughts, anyone? I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to the trip to Boston. I think uh, it's always nice to see Christina and uh, JY. Even though I hate Boston, and JY. I don't think you've met him. I think only um, Tina, Tina's met him, other than me. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to be driving uh, these fools there, and it's going to be a nice uh, little road trip. Uh, I want to say that I've been asked by uh, the feedback that I've been getting about the pod podcast from various people is like, what, what is your, like, what, what is, what is plan A's like purpose? Like what, what is the big picture here? What's the, you know, you know, we bring up a lot of isolated, not isolated, but we bring up a lot of like, you know, disparate incidents and give our reaction, but what's the overarching theme? That's a really good question that I do think a lot about and I do have like answers, but it's a work in progress. It's always evolving and it's something that we always talk about amongst ourselves constantly. Uh, rest assured, there is a purpose, <laughs> but um, it is something that I think in the future we, we should talk a bit more uh, directly about. Sam, any, any final thoughts? Final thoughts? Well, that... I need to get on Twitter account so I can find out about Asian Twitter drama and then get a big headache and I regret it from doing that. Actually, actually sometimes <laughs> if you don't have an account, uh, you know, people can't block on unlocked non-existent accounts, so you might actually have more access. Exactly. So that's what I should do. Okay, I'm gonna just like <laughs> keep an eye on all of y'all being crazy. Um, and oh, well, by the way, this is actually called event called Asian American Feminist Collective Launch Party. I was gonna go. 
Which, if I did, what would happen is I had to, like, confront uh, one of those, you know, like, Asian-American uh, who like to lecture other Asian-American not to be anti-black and be more like this moral uh, anti-racist actors they are, but then they're low-key really, he- like, lean toward he- whiteness heavily, those types. You know, yeah, that's what, mm-hmm. that was that was going to happen, but it didn't because I was like, do I fight SJW or do I fight against Joe and Chattown? All right, I think I'll choose the latter. That one <laughs> seems to be more worth time spending. And what ended up happening is uh, lots of dudes who like to show off their expertise, uh, one uh, one of which the only white guy that's in the entire meeting was saying, no, I disagree with you, this is racist. And that was what I got out of the meeting. Great. All right, Um. thanks uh, Thanks for jan- uh, joining us, guys. Um, uh, kind of a late... Uh, late later start than usual but uh, i think i think we had a we had a good pod here yes i have a quick question this is a a free-ranging one i have a quick question for tina if that's okay yeah uh so when you said about um asian adopting um uh, white views and maybe fewer adopting what maybe is considered black view i'm curious when you see like those asian sjw type group are like yeah all asian are like fucking racist or black people do you think that's adopting white view or or black view? That's a white view. Oh, oh yeah, it's, oh yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a white view, and I think it's it's um, we could. I, I this probably doesn't need to be part of the podcast, but like, uh, the I you know we talked about this a lot with Sarah Jong, mm-hmm. and Sarah Jong kind of took it to the next level because she started just shitting on like white people, but like. Yeah. I think that when you see Asian uh, people calling out anti-blackness and stuff, like, what they're doing is basically the same thing that white people do to other white people. Yeah. Uh, they love calling out their own people. Yes. And I think that Asians who do that are adopting um, what I would call white, but it's not its not really white supremacy. It's not like that sort of like... It's white like guilt that, behavior. That grassroots white... Hmm? It's white guilt behavior, isn't it? They're taking on white guilt. I would say it's sort of more like elite white liberal sensibilities mm-hmm. and that you adopt that as part of the it's it's part of the ideological process of like ascending into that class, which is very much determined yeah, by it's, it's a you know, it's a code it's a code of etiquette. Yeah. What did you call it? like noblesse oblige? Yeah, like, it's it's uh, a it's a noblesse oblige. It's the um it's it's like the uh, it's like the the poor person trying to impress his wealthy superiors by donating money. He really should pay, you know, for gas money and electricity. <laughs> oh, okay. So he he shares the same spirit of sacrifice as someone who can actually mm-hmm. afford mm-hmm. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a great term. <laughs> yeah, they, they shit on their own people better than the rich people can shit on poor people. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so. Nice little addendum. I think I think I'll keep that in. All right, but yes, we do have to end it. So, great pod, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. All right. Thank you. See y'all later. Had a good time, guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Escape from Plan A. Um, Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And hey, you know, we love doing this uh, free of charge. The only thing we ask in return is if you like us, please subscribe and uh, rate us. You know, if you like us, give us five stars. And if you want to read our articles, you know, you can always go to planamag.com and read our stuff there. Um, And we look forward to sending out another episode next week. So have a great week, everyone.